and welcome to From the Platform. This is episode seven. I've recently been developing a tool to help us understand at what level of abstraction we talk to each other on when we talk about things. So what do I mean about these levels of abstraction? Well, think about it as the resolution that we are focusing in on when we talk about a topic. Are we zooming in or out on the details of a discussion? Looking at the maybe very small details of translation or zooming out to the bigger picture in which a passage or theme or topic is presented. So, say that I make the following statement. It seems obvious to me that sisters should wear head coverings because the Bible clearly says so. Now, someone may object to this, saying, Ah, well, if you look closer at the Greek word for covering, you'll see Paul actually means this. Or, again, someone else may object by saying, Well, no, you need to look at the passage in context and realise that to the original audience, it would have meant this. A third may say, No, 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 you have to look at the big picture, considering all the instances of the word covering from Genesis to Revelation, and you'll see it clearly fits into the greater principle of X, Y, or Z, and therefore it means this. Finally, a fourth may say, well, from the perspective of the kingdom and the new creation, we can see this points to a spiritual reality, and so it actually means this. Some of these may sound familiar, and we end up with about five also, different levels of conversation going on from about five different perspectives, agreeing, disagreeing, overlapping at various points. Now, I've uh, tried to label these different perspectives in the following way. So when you focus right in on the detail of the uh, individual words and Greek and Hebrew, that's a micro level of detail. Then there's what I'm calling the centric level. This is where we focus on what we can observe on the surface. It's what we bring to the topic, maybe without any prior knowledge, or maybe with some knowledge of the topic. It's where we stand from, regardless of how much we know about it. Then there is the relative level. This focuses on the context, the history, the genre of the passage, to maybe give it some more flesh on the bone in terms of its original meaning. Then we have, zooming out, a macro level, which focuses on the principles drawn out from the passages. And finally, what I think is the meta level, where we focus on the passage from an eternal perspective. We often find many passages in the Old Testament are alluding to, pointing to a meta-narrative of the Messiah, a king, a, a new humanity, a new creation. It's not always fleshed out in a lot of uh, detail with the language that they have at the time, but when we piece a lot of the Bible stories together, we get a picture of this overarching meta-narrative to the whole Bible and its purpose. And we can see this in action with Jesus and Nicodemus, where Jesus seems to be talking at a meta level to him. And Jesus states in this passage that he has to use earthly words to talk about these heavenly things. So Jesus is saying, I'm having to use words relative to you that you can understand in your 
culture and your context. But they're earthly. They are of physical things, things that you can latch onto and understand. A new birth, the, the spirit being like the wind. These are things we can, we can understand the wind, we can understand birth, but they're pointing to something heavenly, something in that meta-narrative. But Nicodemus only seems to understand this at that relative level of the physical wind, of physical birth, Dis despite coming to Jesus and acknowledge he comes from God. He is part of God's meta-narrative. He still can't tune into what Jesus is saying and see the allusions Jesus is making in the words he's using. So an example there of two people talking across each other, perhaps, and also then Jesus rebuking Nicodemus as not understanding despite being Israel's teacher. So Nicodemus, he should be trained up on this spiritual plane of thinking. He should be attuned to this way of talking. But as a Pharisee, it seems, he is far too focused on the micro of the law and how it maybe serves his centric ideas. Let's take another example where Jesus is asked about divorce. His questioners come to him with a question at the centric level about whether it's um, right to divorce your wife. And they're actually expecting, it seems, a micro response about the nuances of the law. But Jesus returns to Genesis and actually provides a macro answer saying this is how God ordered it in the beginning and actually the law provided by Moses is really dissonant with God's overarching narrative. Jesus returns it back to Eden and says that that is the way it should be. Man and wife should not be separated. You know, what God has put together, man should not separate. But the law of Moses was given because of their stubbornness. And I find it interesting that in both these cases, Jesus rebukes people for their centric viewpoint, not taking on enough the meta-narrative and allowing the micro-details to hold them back from what is actually part of God's bigger plan. Let's take another example from nature. You can look at a plant under a microscope and you can see the incredible detail in the cells, all the way down to DNA, just ridiculous in terms of what we can see inside of a plant at that micro level. You can look at it with the naked eye, you could observe it, you could have no other knowledge about that plant and you could look at it, you could maybe appreciate its beauty, but you may not know what the Latin name is, uh, if it's poisonous or not, or, or, or what sort of flower it produces. And that's the centric level, what you bring to it. Then you can look at it at a relative level within its system, within its habitat, the soil that it's in, um, its environment, and, you know, how it flourishes. You can then zoom out and look at it within a larger system of perhaps the carbon-oxygen cycle, the water cycle, pollination, for example. That's at that macro level. And then you can finally look at it as part of that global system and maybe in more of a meta way. Life, death, rebirth through the season, spring and summer, how it's part of that uh, narrative, which is often used um, by humans to explain things. Now, if I were to talk about a plant at the level of its cell structure, and you were to talk within the same conversation about the plant at its systems level within the carbon cycle, 
what would happen? Well, the amazing thing about a plant, nature, and our understanding of it, is that at each of the levels, the conversation actually aligns. A conversation about how a plant gets its food is harmonious on all levels. For example, at the micro level, we're looking at the cells and we can see that they are prime for photosynthesis. And then we zoom out to the uh, centric level of what we can observe. We can see, yeah, the, the leaves are green. That's because of its photosynthesis and the cells within it. We can zoom out again and see how the plant takes in energy and grows along with water and nutrients from the soil within its ecosystem. We can also zoom out again and see that, yes, this is part of the carbon-oxygen cycle that the world produces, and that the meta-level is how the world breathes. And you can draw all sorts of analogies from that and use that language to maybe describe other systems, ways in which we can observe life. And my point here is that in nature, all those levels are in agreement. They align, they're in harmony. We can talk at a cellular level and a macro level about photosynthesis and the conversation isn't going to become dissonant because things aren't agreeing or things are contradicting. As I said, that's the amazing thing about modern science and our understanding of nature. And often we know that our understanding is correct when at all levels of abstraction we get an alignment. We get harmony from the micro all the way up to the macro and into the meta. And often this is what we try to do with biblical concepts. We are satisfied with this sort of resolution across all the levels when we are studying something. We get aha moments when they click into place and we actually get a rush of endorphins when that happens and we have that as our goal. We are actually getting a little bit of happiness, a kick of dopamine, which is interesting in itself. Now, I find you get a good span of most of these levels of abstraction. You kind of get the whole resolution of the picture when watching one of the Bible Project's overview videos. If you've not seen them, I recommend you pause. Now, get onto YouTube, have a look at the Bible Project's overview video of any book of the Bible. They provide the context to the book. They dive into some of the stories and occasionally look at the meanings of words that are often used within that book in the original language. They get right down to that micro level. Then they pull back out to show the overarching themes and concepts within that book, finally providing a glimpse of how the book points to a new order and a hope in Jesus that it appears to be alluding to. It's interesting, of course, how their use of visuals aid this process um, because it is very much more pictorial. You find the video does literally zoom into a part of the book and then zoom out to show it within its context. So just dipping back into our plant analogy, it's interesting that we've not always known how all the levels in a plant have aligned themselves from the micro up to the macro and the meta. And in fact, I'm sure humans, ancient humans, and maybe even more recent than that, have created entirely fictitious meanings on all levels for why plants are green or, you know, why the sky is blue is not, has not always been known. 
and maybe some more mythological solutions have been put forward. Modern discoveries have had to deconstruct those mythological viewpoints and provide a different answer. And they often come up against a lot of obstacles in popular thought and opinion and the way that people think. It's a lot like, and this is a classic example, our understanding of the universe, how the world revolves around the sun and not the other way around as it was for a long time previously thought. The system we thought was right is undermined by new information and we are far more likely to try and retain the old system that appears to work or at least we're comfortable with and keeps the majority of people happy or saves us face because we're wrong is often undermined by new discoveries, new information. But we're far more likely to try and retain the old system because we're comfortable with it and it requires less work to just keep a system than to wholesale swap into a new one. And we, that's where the obstacles uh, arrive. Why change when the majority of people are happy? Why change and admit that we're wrong? It takes a lot more time and effort to hear out and learn a new system and also requires humility to explore this new system which although is different is actually more concrete certainly in respects to Galileo's discoveries. So let's go back to our statement on head coverings we started with. This idea of because the Bible clearly says so is what I'm calling a centric statement. It comes from observation of the words on the page, but to be a satisfying, holistic view, it needs to also align with a greater set of perspectives. And often you find that people who do say these statements will follow up with their reasons from the micro, the macro and the meta to create a, a worldview in which that statement sits and helps them believe that that is correct. And as a community, we do this all the time in preaching our doctrines. We often take wider perspectives on the devil, for example, because despite there being passages that clearly state the devil is doing things, like with the temptations of Job and Jesus, we will appeal to other levels to explain a bigger picture. Why? Because we see a dissonance across all of them as a whole, if we take the devil to be literal. We can appeal to the micro level of translation, the relative level of context and history, the macro level of overall biblical usage, and the meta level of God's plan to realise that what we observe at the centric level is not always all that it seems. In fact, that physical picture presented at that centric level is pointing towards a spiritual reality, a way of understanding humans, their relationship with God, and the meta overarching story. Something to be aware of is that this way of holistically viewing a concept in scripture is dynamic. If you change something at the micro level, it often filters up changes in how we understand it at other levels too. Change the meaning of a word like devil or hell being Gehenna changes in a dramatic way the overall picture of, of what we're reading into that passage. 
And the same is true for the relative level. Bring in the understanding of the people at the time to the words on the page, and you'll see that the author had a intention, an original meaning that maybe we have missed because we don't understand the full historical, cultural, contextual picture. And also consider that if we want to consider a change at the macro level or the meta level, we need the micro and relative levels to support it and be a foundation for it and harmonize with those ideas. Otherwise, we create a dissonance. Say, for example, at the meta level, you wanted to incorporate the overarching kind of extra narrative that the Book of Mormon provides. You'd have to go back through the Bible, the Old Testament and New Testament, and study the detail and see how those things scaffold a new belief in the Book of Mormon. Ideas, and I might be wrong about this, I'm not sure, in the Book of Mormon about actually a lot of the events taking place in the Bible happening in America is going to involve quite a lot of thinking through and around all of the geography and uh, things that we already know about Israel and Palestine and those sorts of things. So in that example, you've got to do a lot of harmonizing with what you already know to incorporate a new understanding with the Book of Mormon, if you so wish to do that. That aside, we also have instances where there is dissonance between the centric level and the macro and meta levels within the Bible itself that we will spend a lot of time working out because we're uncomfortable with them. For example, how does the genocide in Joshua harmonize with the macro and meta level principles of a loving God? You have to do a lot of study. You have to think about that quite carefully and meditate on it. Again, back with the head coverings issue, there's a dissonance for many people in squaring it with Paul's own macro level logic that's hard to synthesize, hard to harmonize and understand, leading many to feel that we're maybe missing something at a relative level or misunderstanding something at a macro level for it to make sense across all the levels. That's why you will come across arguments in this particular instance of kafile in Paul's writings, whether it means source or head. You'll also come across arguments where it will think about the culture and context of the Corinthian church and what pagan beginnings it came out of and was and is trying to shed. But even without that, Paul's own logic seems to create some sort of dissonance because he comes up with some reasons for his statement which are very hard to understand. For example, why is a woman with her head uncovered the same as if she had her head shaved? What's it got to do with the angels as the because of the angels statement? And also does nature tell us a man with long hair is a disgrace? seems as though we're missing something at a relative or macro level to make this fully harmonize.
Okay, so with all that said, let's take a closer look at these levels individually, and hopefully it all kind of come together. So the micro level, a different translation of one obscure word, has the potential to change the whole relative meaning and macro meaning of the passage. This level is fairly simple in that sense. The centric level. This is the level we often think at and default to. It also receives information from all of the other layers and updates itself in kind of a feedback loop. The more that we know and understand, the more that we bring to the passage as we read it. However, it's also very easily influenced by its own cultural starting point, who you are, your gender, where you were born, your level of education, what year, decade, eon you were born in. And it often has a lot to unlearn and stop assuming regarding the next level, which is the relative level. The context, be it historical, cultural or textual, is something a specific genre? Did it have a different meaning at the time it was written? Is it an idiom, for example? Okay, so the macro level. We often find the Bible teaches similar principles across its stories and accounts to trust in God, care for the oppressed and the widow, to strive for unity, to love your neighbour, to humble yourself, etc. These are the things we hope all the other Bible stories will harmonise with, but sometimes we find they don't. The meta-level. The main issue with the meta-level is that we often have to use words and language that are culturally bound and belonging to the lower levels to describe it. And so it can get lost through history and across cultures. We often use everyday words to describe God, for example. Father, shepherd, judge, king. But God is more than all of those things. They're just words that we hang an understanding of him on in order to point us towards that meta-narrative. At the moment, my own understanding of the meta-narrative goes something like this. God created the world by bringing order out of chaos. All other works done by him are to sustain that order, restore that order, teach that order, and spread that order outwards, using humans as vice-regents in achieving that end. This way of ordering is by faith in his spirit power, through humbling ourselves to it, and not to our own way. That, to me, is the meta-narrative in the Bible, and it is headed up by Jesus in his perfect example. So, hopefully I've highlighted another place where we might find we are talking across each other in our conversations. This tool could be useful to make sure you're listening to someone at the right level when having a conversation? Are they concerned about the specific usage of a specific word in the Greek? And are you pushing that aside in order to present them more of a macro or meta-narrative, which is the exact thing they're having trouble harmonising with? Perhaps this will be useful to categorise arguments while you're working through them and studying them, separating out what fits into the category of cultural context and what fits into the category of translation. Or maybe it's useful to listen out for the gaps in a discussion 
or a point of view when presented? Does this idea harmonize at all the levels? This tool might also be useful if you're doing an exhortation or a study that other people are going to listen to. Can you round up your study by making it harmonize across all the levels of abstraction to give a full and holistic feel to your thoughts? In my experience, I have found that when someone struggles or when I struggle with an issue like head coverings or women's roles or sexuality, I have an unresolved dissonance at the micro and meta levels or the micro and macro levels. And this is hopefully where the rest of these podcasts will now go on to take us. I feel that I finally developed a framework for discussing these challenging topics I'm comfortable with. We're going to use these tools to analyze each of the challenging topics and lay out their arguments at the micro, relative, macro and meta levels to lay them out, lay them bare, make sure we can see everything clearly and know what we're dealing with. I'm not going to go through and give my own opinion or say which way I think is right. I want to arm people with everything that the discussion has in it, if that's possible. Or at least to guide people through these debates so that when they have them, they know exactly what it is you're going to come up against, at which level you're going to come up against it at, and also remembering the first podcast on the moral matrix, where people are coming from morally on that topic. Thinking again about which listening technique to use, being aware of what we're going to fear from opening up this topic, and ultimately trusting in God with this subject, because people are going to come at these debates from very different angles and we as Christ followers need to be people that listen and engage at the level that they're dealing with it at not bringing our own centric viewpoint to brush aside their statements but to help them and to lift them along in the journey as well so I hope that this has been useful and can be something that you can use in discussions feel free to comment on how they this might be iterated perhaps developed or even labelled better and presented with more clarity. So that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I hope it's been useful. If you have any comments or questions, please email me at tompeel at hotmail.com. Forget the uh, from the platform email, I don't check it. And I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.